Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. And if you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on the episodes. Finally, aside from our podcast, our day job here at RiderFlex is to provide recruiting, staffing, and consulting services. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get the information on the services we provide. And now, a quick word from our sponsor and friends at Marketing 360. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Rena Gupta on the RiderFlex podcast. Hi, Rena. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I love how you're all branded there. You got Mom Relaunch on there. You got the book, Career Interrupted. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Are, are you in California today? Yes. Sunny California. Sunny California. Whereabouts? I live close to San Francisco. Uh, it's in East Bay. So okay. In that area. Do you still like it? I don't know. There's a lot of bad press about California these days. What? What's the? Is that just the news talking, or is that how people really feel? I don't know. Well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I moved to California from Tennessee, so I love to stay here. I love I love everything about it, but of course, there are certain things going on which is not as pleasant. Uh, <laughs> but uh, overall. Um, I still like it here. Okay, very good. What? When did you move there? How long ago? I moved here in 2011, so almost 10 years. So it's o- Almost 10 years. Okay, all right. What part of Tennessee did you live in? Nashville. The you lived in Nashville for a while? Oh, how long were you there? Almost 10 years there, too. <laughs> all right, all right. Do you know how to two-step and swing dance and all that? Did you learn all that I, while you were there? I can. I uh, still love that. <laughs> country dance and line dancing there's a um, place that opened here in in my city which was doing line dancing but it closed due to covid uh, so uh, it, it was a good really good uh, <laughs> time to start doing that again but yeah i like it you still got some but you got boots in the closet just one just one pair <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty cool. All right. Well, listen. Tell me. Tell me about your your childhood, your parents, some early life stuff. Give us the the arena story real quick. Go for it. Wow. If you if I tell you about my childhood, almost yep. everyone gets amazed. You know, uh, I grew up in a joint family system. Do you know how? Have you heard about what joint family system is? Uh, No, you better tell the listeners. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. So joint family system is where a lot of people live together. They're related to each other. So we had a big family. Our house is like every floor. uh, One floor, it was when we, we were growing up, there's one floor where People come in, and then there were bathrooms uh, only on that floor. <laughs> and, then, uh, and because the earlier days, it's not like the bathrooms are attached to where you live, right? Then the second floor is where we live. The third floor where was we cook. So, and then the fourth floor is where we just have our terrace and all that. And 
my dad was my dad uh, and my his three brothers um, all his family um, uh, we grew up with a household of 21 cousins what so, how many square feet was this place <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you can imagine it's like a floor by floor so i don't think it's unbelievably big house but uh, we all get our own little corners of okay. our, of the house of the one floor where everybody was living is like one corner is for one brother's family the other is for others so it seems big but when you have 21 people who <laughs> just kids and then all other parents and grandparents and everyone living together it's <laughs> there's no concept of like this is my room this is else. yeah right 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 well you were your yeah. cousins always coming over and like taking your toys and stuff it was that oh, a problem yeah. no actually <laughs> i would say it it gave us so much things to play with because it's just mm. not what one person had it's mm. just like others had and i remember there was one of my uh, uncles he was the first one to bring a uh, black and white television in his uh, house that was a big deal at that point wow so we all used to go into his house and watch and he used to bring in movies and vid- videos and so not everybody has to have it because one person already had it so the shared shared resource concept was very well utilized at that point and we felt part of it imagine like right now we every person has their own little laptop and little own tv and that is like 20 people watching the same show and not <laughs> shouting <laughs> shouting is like where is my channel imagine that <laughs> there is no concept like that so it's an unbelievable childhood i wow. i the only word i can tell you and we are still so well connected with each other now with so much going on with whatsapp and others we are always chatting today itself i had a call with um, the role of my cousins to see how they are doing so mm, it, mm. it it's a connection and the bond that is beyond something that we can describe that is special do you have uh, anybody in the bay area with you that you're related to from that family or no uh so unfortunately not my side of the family okay. are big in us but almost everybody from my husband's family is in us so i never did he, felt did he have the same thing like a house full of 20 people <laughs> no, he 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 grew up in a very so called nuclear family concept but but the bonding of with his uncles and aunts were very strong for him okay. too and uh, we have several cousins uh, relatives in the bay area in fact one of my remember the 21 cousins that i mentioned to you about it turns out that uh, when i was doing my internship uh, remember that we are it's not like uh calling and talking to them and say hey i got an internship in in your city i'm just coming over and i went and stayed with him for 6 months turns out that his son was with me for some time so talk about how things start come can come and uh, all in a cycle <laughs> so now so his son is here and uh, we have amazing family here so very nice very nice and Okay, so how did you did you come here for school? How did you get to Tennessee? Walk me through that. So, another interesting thing for my story since you're talking about which everybody finds interesting is I was uh, I had an arranged marriage and my my husband was in Tennessee at that time. He was working for GE. So, I came to US after getting married. 
And so when so your parents, when your parents said, "Hey, you're gonna marry this guy," were you like, "No, I don't want to marry. I don't want to marry this guy." <laughs> you know, uh, that is a that is a very interesting discussion that I end up having, and we will need ten podcasts to discuss about arranged marriage, <laughs> the pros and cons, and all that. But in my situation, it turned out so well that I don't think I would have taken any any other way around. Really? So yeah, very good. And, uh, it, it's interesting. Like uh, my dad, uh, he had like three boys that he had. Like okay, those, these are the three boys that we can go go and um, get and talk about you. And my husband, who turns out to be on the number one on his list. So my <laughs> my mom, my mom is like okay. So he got. Uh, it. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, I mean, I'll I'll tell you. Um, we we talk so much about what's good and bad in relationship but there is there's a beauty of arranged marriage there is uh, ups and downs in any relationship but um, uh, in fact i my co-author of my book she's asking me to write a story on my arranged marriage and how it worked out so well mm-hmm. so <laughs> so Very. next year we will be 25th anniversary so. congratulations how many children yeah. two kids I have my son, he's a sophomore in USC, and my daughter is high school sophomore. Very nice. Well, congratulations on that wonderful family. All right. So you go to Tennessee, and are you are you thinking, I'm going to go to school? What am I going to be? What am I going to do? Do you have a plan? So I came to, uh, I got married after doing my master's in computer applications. And yeah. uh, so when I came here, uh, remember the internship with my cousin that I talked about, I that was all the experience I had. It's like a five months of ex- internship. And I came here. I was very lucky. I applied for a job, got the employer to do my H1. I started working and within six months because it takes time to do that visa. So I think it was very, very lucky for me to get started as, mm. a, as my own career. Mm. And uh, uh, another interesting thing about me is uh, the family that I was growing up was very loving, was very caring but they didn't encourage girls to have career. So uh-huh. you're studying because you are going to get married to a guy. nice family, which I was very lucky to. So I got married. My husband was just the opposite. He and his family was very progressive. Um, we even, uh, another interesting fact about me is like, we got married within our own community. So we didn't even, we even had the same last names. Uh, so we didn't even had to we didn't even had to change our last names. Uh, I mean, talk about like this issues and discussions that happen whether you're going to change. It's like none of those things happened to us because everything felt like fell in place. <laughs> so that is so so ironic that you came from such a well, I guess what I would call a a, a conservative environment where you're told this is who you're going to marry. You don't need a career. And now you live in one of the most progressive liberal parts of the planet. Absolutely. With the most progressive person also, by the way. So for me, the opportunities, opportunities were like, okay, I, every time I ever wanted to do something, this is the opportunity. And I just grabbed on it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. 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 So you had, you don't have to go through your whole career, but why don't we jump into the first time you started a company and why you did that, you know, mm-hmm. when you made that leap, talk to me about that. Yeah. So another story time, right? So <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I was um, I was very keen on learning a few technologies. So okay. I kind of switched from being a consultant to a full time. And like, I would say within three and a half years, I was working as a chief technical architect for a company, a startup company in Tennessee. Um, that was building uh, assessment for K through 12 schools, uh, math okay. and reading. And I okay. architected the whole system there. Okay. And, uh, and that company was started by an ex-mayor and he decided to run for governor and mm -hmm. he sold his company to McRaw At that point, um, they said, oh, we don't need another architect. We are a big company. So they let my position go. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting at that time. And I said, okay. And uh, I remember the talk with my CEO at that time, who became the governor, fortunately. And he said, you know, sometimes we don't think, uh, we think that what's happening is not right. But in hindsight, you might look at the situation and say, oh, that was the best thing to happen. And he told me some story about how he was having his first child and he wanted to take a leap and wanted to make the child proud. Some of those things still stick to your head, right? All these people when they talk to you about such being such accomplished so I took that as an opportunity and I was thinking what to do suddenly within a month I was called back when I called back I said I'm not going to come full-time mm -hmm. I'm going to it's so I started my own uh, so-called one-person consulting show. <laughs> and then I saw the need of that company obviously McGraw-Hill wanted to grow so they wanted to hire more people so I gave them a very we call as the the irresistible offer in terms of these these days uh, I said you have architected the system I can bring the people through my company I can train them and I started, converted that into an IT staffing company and they were getting trained resources because the best thing that they can do is have somebody come and be on this up to speed quickly and so let me pause, I, let me take let me take a pause right there for the listeners. So you went back to the company that laid you off and you said, hey, mm -hmm. I know that you need various talent and various departments. Mm -hmm. I know you have problems staffing that mm -hmm. I, I've built uh, uh, a uh, applicant tracking system and I have a database over here and I have connections. No, I can be I didn't the, build I the can... applicant tracking system at that time at all. That was oh. my first. OK, so that was my company. I, I didn't even know what an applicant tracking system is. I, didn't <laughs> know what a consultant is. I had no idea how staffing industry works. So I started as an independent consultant myself and then as a sole proprietor. And then I converted that into an LLC to make it run as a staffing company. I started to staff for that McGraw client. Mm. And I just focused on that one client for one year because I had my child. I, okay. My mom relaunch story actually started there because I trained my good friend who was a stay-at-home mom and made her my first employee. So mm. my story goes, all, everything is so connected together. It's like all the way back to, mm. that was mm. in 2003 when there was no women empower movement or nothing like that. And then uh, <laughs> we started talking about that, all those things. So yeah. It was a very interesting journey. So, and what was the name of that company? Avankia. Avankia. Avan so Avankia was basically an IT staffing company. Yeah, started okay. as an IT staffing. Okay, company. all right. And were you uh, your second or third year? Were you making decent money? Were you? Were you yeah, doing well? we started. I I started placing more and more people. Then I converted uh, Avankia into a consulting company, and then specialized into Salesforce consulting company. So that's became a big turning point for my my company's career because they then since 2005 we turned 
into the Salesforce ecosystem and just stayed focused on that, started building products, started building applicant tracking system, target recruit on top of Salesforce platform. We mm. integrated, uh, we developed an integration product called DBSync. So all these things in there. And now when I started Mom Relaunch, I still started with Salesforce. So it was really a, an amazing ecosystem for me. To so uh, but uh, now Avanki is still, is still active, is still going, or did you it, sell it, it or? or? Avanki is still active. It just has become a more like a PEO company, just uh, supporting my other things for mom relaunch or DBSync or target recruit. So we don't do IT staffing much at all. But, uh, but then um, it's more about just, we started doing payroll with that and then just stick with that. So it has okay. literally the term that we, we can use is called as a PEO company. I see. So no employees under, uh, under Avankia right now, or do you? Oh, employees are under Avankia, but uh, doing other work while the mom relaunch or DBC. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. How many employees total do you have? Or can you share that? Well, it's a small company, so no big deal. <laughs> so, no okay. point in, in that. Okay, okay. All right. And so you're doing this IT staffing. Avanki is moving along. You get involved with some other things. Um, you're involved with Salesforce a little bit. How does how does Mom relaunch? Where, where does that come from? How, walk me through that transition and that launch. Sure. So. Remember, I told you my first employee was a stay-at-home yeah. mom, and yeah. that bug has been in my head forever. Okay. I was running my companies, and within my company, I gave opportunity to a lot of women who were talented, um, but gave them the flexibility to work, gave them the proper training, and they were I always give three attributes. They are productive, they are loyal, and they're accountable. You, These three things have proven over and over again in my own company. So... Uh, one of the companies that I sold in uh, 2018 that was called Target Recruit, that was an African tracking system that we built on Salesforce. Uh, nice. Af after selling that, I decided to focus on this and think that it's uh, something that I can make it as a program. So I started Mom Relaunch in 2018, went to Salesforce and say, I want to nurture women in this, in this uh, technology. And I just stayed focused on Salesforce admin, Salesforce developers, and almost for two years, just literally focused on those two areas. And then um, we have crafted out a well four-step process for it. And uh, now we are branched out to multiple other technologies, including IBM. Uh, so, and a few other areas, which is like a um, project managers, uh, QA, a few others. So nine areas that we do with Mom Relaunch, but still focused on IT. And um, so it's a way for me to go back and do what I feel I'm meant to do. Mm. I feel like I, people have started to call me chief nurturing officer because that's mm. one of the talks that I gave to uh, in Dreamforce is if every company has the concept of nurturing talent instead of always looking for hiring and all that, it, this talent and this great resignation would not be a problem anymore. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, I also talk about is while I run Mom Relaunch, I feel that companies like Mom Relaunch exist because of the failure of the corporate world. If they do these things that in their own company, companies like Mom Relaunch does not have to exist. Mm. So while I'm running my own company, I wish that this company does not have to mm. be mm. Uh, doing what they have to do if 
uh, other companies take their full responsibilities in there. Mm. Mm. So uh, that's kind of in a so it's the bottom line, and I firmly believe that um, we are here to make a difference in someone's life. And uh, if I am in a position to do it, I should. And if women like us won't do it, who would? So these are some of the things is very, very important part of how I need to feel that I'm making an impact. And we have done pretty good. It's it's all my companies have always been small and bootstrapped. And mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. proud to say that we ran Mom Relaunch just on my own funding and been helping as much as I can with all my time and money. Um, we just got a Mom Relaunch Foundation also registered. So hopefully nice. we can get some uh, other people to come and support with their grants and donations. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens, what brings next year. But uh, is it is it are you a candidate services company or a recruiting company or both? Do, do you how do you make I, your money? So we make money on success of moms. So we have a we when we started Mom Relaunch, there was no fee or anything. But then we realized that. We need some skin in the game from moms who are coming to our program. So we introduced a small monthly fee in which they come and stay with our program. Remember, they are on a gap or they are transitioning. The most important thing they're looking for is experience. So we have built our whole program around giving them the experience. And we go to the clients and say, if you like their resume, if they, based on what it, what they are, if you're willing to try them before you hire. So in a mm. staffing world, as you know, it's a cost of wrong hire can be very high. So we go mm-hmm. back and say, try before you hire. When you, If you like it, that's fine. Otherwise, it will end up giving experience to them. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a new concept that we have created. And okay, okay, I like I like that. Uh, so so the the candidate pays a small fee. And then whatever the hourly rate for that person to work there as a 1099, then you you tack on a little bit extra that Let's the company, so you're making a little yeah. bit of profit off of that too. Okay, got it. All right. And also uh, we prefer people to be uh, full-time employed. I don't okay. want to be a staffing company. Uh, we want people to have a job. So we tell clients if they want to hire them full-time, they can hire full-time or contract to hire or try however they want to. Mm. But if clients are willing to pay some their fee, that's great. Otherwise, moms pay us. Um, and that to us, as a, it's a very minimal fee. So it's, it's, not, it's not a very money-making thing. It's, it's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, it's helping, but, it's, but it's helping people. Um, hey, we, you know, we just did this recently. Uh, one of the, one of the folks on our team, Sabrina, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning this. You know, she was a stay at home mom. She contacted me. She said, Hey, I want to start, start part-time. I can ease my way in. I'll help with whatever. And now mm-hmm. she's direct, now she's director of operations and, and recruiting. And so, uh, you know, very similar situation. I didn't, I didn't think about mom relaunch when we were doing it, but yeah, it does work. It does it work. Does if, you'll work. Just, if you'll give them a chance, give them a little bit of experience, get them in the door. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and stop overlooking the fact that they haven't worked in a couple of years or a year or whatever. I mean, you know, so yeah, it, it worked, it worked out great for us. Um, we have launched women who have even 10 plus years of experience and mm-hmm. in, in fields that they have never worked. So I feel very proud of it. I feel that, uh, companies who are giving them the opportunity, we need more of them. So that's very, it's doable, okay. definitely doable. Is target recruit still active? You said you sold it, I think. 
Yeah, it's still active, but it is being run by the people who bought bought it. So. And was that was that a retirement uh, exit for you? Was that was yeah. that a hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a multimillionaire, I can just chill, or or what? I I would say so because now I go back and say retirement is a definition of retirement in my language is something to do something that you want to do, not just sit uh, at home. Very so good. Oh, I like that. So that's why I started Mom Relaunch. That's why I'm doing Career mm. Interrupted. That's why I'll start doing more workshops. It's not that I'm in a rat race anymore. Uh, so I won't be called So it just gives me the, the pace. It gives me the engagement. It gives me the satisfaction that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. How, how many employees did Target Recruit have? Or was it, very, or was it more of a software cell? It was more like a software cell. So I see. It was okay. A okay. All right. Congratulations on a successful exit. Thank you. It, it was. It was definitely a great uh, exit. Uh, who who purchased it? Salesforce. No, no. I wish, but <laughs> no. Uh, we uh, had a, um, a couple of people who were running their search fund, and they purchased it, and uh, they they ran their own company, a SaaS based uh, product, and uh, they did I very see. well. So it's in good okay. hands. Ah, very good. All right. And then, and then what you got bored and decided to write a book or what? <laughs> no. Bo- so my book is another story. I thought I did an amazing job of running us um, from a small town girl to running solo bootstrap um, businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to write a book on that. And uh, love so it. love it. I reached out to my co-author on LinkedIn and say, Hey, I know I have ideas, but I need some help on writing it down. So I need a book writer. <laughs> So she said, and she said, what do you want to write it? And I said, I want to write about business. And she said, okay, now I think you have lost your mind because the work that you're doing with mom relaunch is so much better. So let's mm. write about that. And we started talking about in March, 2020. And then suddenly we knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that career interruption became a reality for so many people, not only just moms. So this book, is more geared towards anyone. Like we have taken four personas in this book, which is obviously one is the one who are the career returners. The second are the ones who are getting laid off. Mm. Third are the people who are in the career rut or career burn burnout, which this whole great resignation is going going through the same thing. Uh, in there. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fourth and very interesting personas that we have found is people are little delaying starting a family. We mm-hmm. call it as parental indecision. And then we take the all these four personas of how they reinvest in themselves and how they relaunch. And then they relaunch, they have three options, how to become an entrepreneur. So my first book became a chapter in this book. <laughs> and um, the second option is how to be successful in being a, in a traditional job. And third is how can you be a freelancer, which 50% of the workforce is going and gearing towards that by the doing it full-time being a part-time freelancer or a full-time freelancer so Mm -hmm. the do's and don'ts of every path the do's and don'ts of how they can create a process and at the end of the book we give them an actionable one-page strategy which we call as a work-life canvas okay and that they can keep to make it accountable for themselves share it with others so it's a very um action-oriented book to take control of and gain the work-life harmony. So that's what the book is all about. Very good. And by the way, for the listeners, really quick, you can find it, Career Interrupted, 
by Rina Gupta on Amazon. You can purchase on Amazon or what anywhere else, basically. Yeah, I mean, from my website, also.net, um, uh, careerinterrupted.net. Um, and okay. if they choose a local store option, I have my signed copies in the local store. So they will be shipping it through my store as well. So I am a person who supports local business, local economy. So mm. my recommendation would be to select the store option and they can get a signed copy from there. Oh, nice. Okay, very good. All right. And by the way, also, while we're talking about URLs and, and websites, momrelaunch.com, momrelaunch.com mm-hmm. yeah. uh, is where you can go to learn more about Mom Relaunch. And of course, mm-hmm. you can always go to LinkedIn and Rena Gupta is right there <laughs> with like 22,000 followers <laughs> and connect with her there, right, as well. Yeah. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Uh, uh, so the book's been out for a couple of months, I think, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I noticed you got a nice little 18 uh, reviews, five-star rating on Amazon. That's very nice. I picked up oh, on that. You. That's thank good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to make sure I send you my address, of course, when we stop talking. Uh-huh. So Absolutely. So you can send me, send me a copy. Sign copy, uh, right? Uh, yeah, a signed copy. Yeah, for sure. A um, couple of... If you had to give a couple of pieces of advice for an aspiring entrepreneur that wants mm-hmm. to start something, but they haven't, mm-hmm. and I know, I know we could do a full podcast on that topic, but do you want to share a couple of little things really quick? They haven't, haven't started yet, but they're, they're, they're trying mm-hmm. to get, trying to get going. What would you say? So, uh, by the way, one, another thing I do is I teach entrepreneurship to high school students as oh. well. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So entrepreneurship is who I am. Um, I believe in experiencing something that you really want to do. And there is one thing I will highly recommend is, uh, in in my book, I talk about this, is there's a concept of negative visualization. So many people are scared of starting the business or doing anything is because they're scared of failure. That's Mm -hmm. the number one reason why people don't start. Mm-hmm. So before you do and start anything, get so deep into that negative visualization is whatever you are thinking of doing is not going to work, is absolutely going to fail. And then get into it and feel how you are feeling emotionally, how you're going to survive that financially, who is going to be what and what is going to be your plan B have that sorted out before you take your next step. Mm. Also do a similar exercise on positive visualization. If everything goes well, (laughs) what would happen? And live with that feeling for it. And don't ask anyone. You have to experience that feeling Mm. in your own. You have to visualize your failure, your success, and plan B for whatever happens. If you're able to do that, I think you will be able to take that success. You just have to get over that fear. And there's fear can be, this This is just my way. I, I, when I was writing this book, I was like so many times I said, okay, this writing a book, I have never written an article, proper article and things like that. But now writing a book was a major step for me. I didn't even know if I was ready. And so many times I was like, this book is going to be an utter failure. So what? And I said, okay, doesn't matter. Please tell I tried, right? <laughs> At least I was in a position to do it, right? Yeah. I was able to do that. So you have to know what your plan B is, what mm. you will do if what you're thinking is not going to work. Because 
many people will go and say just go into it no that's that's where things doesn't work out very well in my opinion but emotionally feel yourself in both situations Ex- experience that feeling get into that zone and when you get into that zone you will know how it you will feel when it happens Oof. and that's the experience um sorry i went a little spiritual there. no that's good stuff rena that's good stuff i've never heard anybody put it like that i really like that thank you really really tie into the emotional feel as much as possible on mm-hmm. both ends of the spectrum i like that that's good stuff how about how about this? I wasn't going to ask you this, but how about a couple of pieces of advice for anybody that wants to write a book, but they haven't started anything you want to tell them? Yeah, so writing a book is a process, okay? And you may see um, a lot of people giving advice. You will say, I, you will, you'll be shocked how many books I read on how to write a book, <laughs> how, how many things I have studied to know what the process is. And there are various ways whether you want to write, become a self-publisher or, or do, do self-publishing or go through a publisher and all that. And after going through so many pros and cons of each thing, I decided to write and do it under my own, uh, decided to write a publishing company called Visdocity Publications. So this is, oh, I, I don't know if you can see well, it. The cameras, but, yeah, but I, okay. So it's, oh, it's it's your own, what is that? A separate LLC? Did you start a separate, a separate LLC, LLC for that? All right. Yeah. So my first advice is if you're thinking of writing a book, come and talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So you just started. Now you got a new consulting arm right there. (laughs) I am totally enjoying this book. uh, And because, you know, the name Wisdocity is is derived from Wisdom City. And this name was given by my daughter, who is a sophomore in high school. And she she and I are kind of co-founders on this uh, whole venture. She's, oh, really? she's the one who edited my book. And I it, it brought a new talent of her um, mm. to the surface. I never knew that she and she and now she's in doing a journalism in her school. And so you never know what you do opens up doors for people around you. And this, mm. this book uh, has... Uh, created so many discussions and but the but the concept of having we're planning to do a lot more books uh so it's a journey it's a journey and you have to give your best self uh when you're writing a book because it's not going to be money making it's going to give you a satisfaction and it's mm-hmm. i call books as your glorified business card that's one of the first pieces of advice i was told was look it, it's yeah it's like a business card don't plan on making any money off of it in yeah. fact it's probably going to cost you money uh mm-hmm. and if you and if you kind of go into it with that mindset then hey if you actually make some money great but don't don't plan on it yeah um interesting you know your your daughter's friends they don't even know what the word the, the term co-founder means <laughs> she's like you know she's like i'm a co-author i'm a co-founder you know cap tables operating agreements llc her friends are like huh what what are you talking about <laughs> yeah we have we have our entrepreneurial journey <laughs> bug runs in our family so That's all my, great. my kids and my husband everyone have their own businesses so oh, oh they do what's your husband do by the way so he runs the integration company called db sync uh, which is uh, again the product that uh, 
he was the brain behind turning Avankia into products company behind uh, from services. So he's, I was a very services person and he was more like a product guy. So he's, BB Singh was the first product that we created under Avankia, then Target Uh Recruit came in. So he was the brain behind it. My Mm. son, he started his own company uh, because he was very keen on teaching financial literacy to students. Really? So he, yeah, so he he did his um, company called Peersdom, which is wisdom from peers. So, and my daughter is Wisdosity. So we are all sharing wisdom here. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a lot of smart people in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, just have, having fun, that's all. Uh, oh, that's very good. How about that? That's great. Okay. Thank you for sharing all of that. What's the plan now, Rena? Uh, are you going to just continue being a consultant on various things? Continue with mom relaunch? Do you think you'll, you think you'll, uh, you know, go, go, you know, run another bigger company? Uh, what do you want to do from here? I guess is the question. Yeah. So currently I'm so, in, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I think there are a few areas that I really am passionate about. Number one, I, of course, the women um, empowerment and uh, mm-hmm. getting them. I, my mission is to make every woman financially independent. Let's see how much I can do it. But uh, uh, the second thing that I also am very um, passionate about is the youth programs. So the, uh, teaching entrepreneurship, and I'm also working on some companies to advise them on some creating career opportunities for youth. Uh, so those two areas are definitely of my uh, interest, but I'm involved in a lot of other fun stuff. I just joined Rotary. I just uh, being part of a community fund. So I'm, I'm exploring. I'm doing a lot of exploration myself. Uh, I enjoy meeting people. I go and do a few things as part of to keep my brain going, I'll start doing uh, workshops uh, with my book. And I just signed up for a, a workshop for another group of women for who are going through some financial distress. So okay. there are a few things that I, I will continue to do. Um, but I, I'm also open to having, uh, which I'm already doing some advisory roles, not. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. So, Next year, we'll see how it goes for, but uh, I take one year at a time in my planning. So <laughs> <laughs> how, how would your, what are your, are your mom and dad still alive? I guess is the first question. They my, still my mom is alive. My dad is no more. So when you call your mom and you tell her, mm-hmm. I want to make all women independent, mm-hmm. yeah. knowing what, right. knowing where she came from, her background, what does mm-hmm. she say to that? I'm curious. What, what does she, how does she respond? So interestingly, I remember I told you my, family when I was growing up was not career focused and I was the first woman in my family to even have a career so think uh, so I I think I've given I've led a well good path for people to follow and a lot of girls in my family are now having great careers so now that whole concept of my family have changed so they don't see that as a problem and now of course my mom feels very proud of uh, where nice. I am and uh, she's she always asks us like so how many people have relaunched so that's my question <laughs> so, <laughs> very like, nice yeah. very nice very nice last uh last question here before I hit stop mm-hmm. on the recording but but hang up you know hang on to the line here before you hang up but I'll uh, want to ask you one more thing if you had to 
put your core purpose in life right now into a sentence, what would that sound like for you? Uh, not even a sentence. I can summarize that in one word. It's called mm-hmm. nurturing. My nurturing. nurturing is, yeah, that's, I think uh, I feel uh, good when I can make an impact on anyone's uh, life and uh, not in a way of coaching, not in a way of giving directions, but telling them what's best for them and let them do it. Um, I think I'm pretty successful in that so far. Uh, so I, I summarize that and I think that's, uh, that's where I drive my um, energy. Rena, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope it was good for your uh, audience and hope they, they can uh, learn and uh, share some of their feedback.